This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, April 4th, wherever and however you're connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the 2029, I'm calling it, Masters champion, Dave McCann. I like how it's trending, although my arm is sore, and so you know, I'd be a game-time decision. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm a game-time decision now for 2029, <laughs> but uh, it's Masters week. It's one of the great weeks of the year. And so we kick it off. At, it was one of the great weeks for Mike Weir in his entire career. Yeah. Went in the green jacket as a Cougar, and uh, Tiger's back. That's kind of cool, and, and we're back to kick off a Monday. That's really cool. Masters. Yeah, absolutely. It's early April. It's time for golf. The national championship of men's college basketball is tonight. Congratulations to South Carolina for winning the women's championship. Yeah. Wish our women's team had made a deeper run, but there's always next season. A lot season. deeper run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Got a loaded show lineup for you today, including a look back at BYU spring football. How about all of the superlatives from MVP to the biggest surprise We will tackle all of those, no pun intended. Also, Ed Lamb, BYU football assistant head coach, will join us to discuss his epic alumni game performance, and he'll answer the superlative questions. Plus, what's the best tradition ever within BYU sports? We had a tough time thinking about this. Yeah, and then after we started thinking about it, they started coming. And we're like, oh, wait, that's a pretty good list. Maybe maybe your ideas are on that. Okay, so share your best BYU sports traditions, hashtag BYUSN. But first... Bring on today's BYUSN headlines. Baseball dropping a series at St. Mary's. Two games to one. Losses Thursday and Saturday with a win in between. Cougars are at Dixie State on Tuesday. Home against Santa Clara Thursday through Saturday on the BYU TV app. Listen to this. BYU softball. Mercy rules New Mexico 17-1 on Saturday. That after winning by Mercy rule the night before 12-1. So do the math. 29-2 in runs scored over the last two games of that series. BYU 24-8 on the season. Huge match for the RPI and resume and tournament status with Utah tomorrow. Good luck to the Cougars as they take on the Utes. They're back home Friday for a huge series opening up against LMU live on BYU TV and the app. You know who doesn't want us back in the Mountain West? New Mexico softball. (laughs) Men's basketball guard Nate Hanson enters the transfer portal. Played in 10 games this season. He'll have at least three years of eligibility left. He's the second Cougar to go in the portal. There could be more. Congratulations to Ashley Hatch, who just continues to score goals wherever she's playing soccer, whether it's Team USA or the Washington Spirit. She found the back of the net once again against Michaela Clough and the Orlando Pride. Cameron Tucker also played for Gotham FC in a 1-1 draw against the North Carolina Courage. Hatch is pretty good. Pretty good. Women's golf teed off a little bit this morning. Earlier this morning, they're on the course right now. It's the Silverado Showdown at the Silverado Country Club in Napa, California. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Yes. Golf in Napa. Yep. Tournament finishes Wednesday. They're looking for their third tournament victory this season. That's a really good team. Listen, if you can't watch golf or play golf at Augusta in Georgia, playing in Napa is, is not a bad compensation or anywhere third on the list is playing golf it's true it's true i'll never understand people being angry about playing golf like oh so it's such a frustrating round that is the definition of a first world problem i'd rather be at work you were playing golf like it can't be that bad men's and women's tennis both suffer losses over the weekend to san diego the women in a heartbreaker lost four to three 
next up against San Francisco on Thursday at home. And the men lost 4-0. They, too, play San Francisco beginning on Friday. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. So we saw an article over the weekend that suggested one BYU quarterback, Jaron Hall, is flying under the radar, that he's the quarterback that nobody's talking about, that we all should be talking about, Dave. Got us thinking. Now, he's definitely not flying under the radar to us, per se, but from a national standpoint and from a broader perspective, is Jaron Hall flying under the national radar of college football? If you ask Aaron Roderick, that's all he talks about. So he's totally uh, on the page with his offensive coordinator. But, yeah, I think there is a little bit of that. Um, Didn't play in the bowl game, so he's a little bit out of sight, out of mind, as last season finished. Um, BYU still fighting for this national respect as an independent, and this is the last year of that. Uh, Aaron Roderick says – Jaron Hall is going to be an elite quarterback in college football, one of the top three, if not higher, and uh, he's had that kind of a spring. Had a pretty good season last year, went healthy. He was dominant. And talking to Jaron throughout spring practice, including, and you uh, uh, talked to him at the football game, at the alumni game the other night, here's a guy completely confident with his offense. He's 100% healthy, and they've added a big piece in the backfield. They get Gunnar Romney back with Puka Nakua, He's got all the toys uh, to, to run this offense. I've never seen a guy more confident than Jaron Hall licking his chops for the, for the coming season. So, yeah, the, the nation may be missing it, uh, but we're certainly not. Yeah, he's not under our radar at BYU, nor should he be. He's also not under the radar of a growing list of NFL draft analysts. I'm looking at – I just searched Jaron Hall this morning, yeah. okay, and was looking for about a half an hour at just the different pro scouts that are talking about him. There are a number of them. Yeah. So pro scouts, Aaron Roderick, us, not under our radar. In fact, to quote one, Andrew Harbaugh said, I wanted to mix things up and watch a 2023 quarterback to get me hyped for this upcoming class, and I chose Jaron Hall. He says, super impressive film from the games I watched, excited to dive deeper this summer. That's going to be the narrative on Jaron Hall after this season is, okay, the kid from BYU, he's so good. The only reason he's under the radar, per se, for most – it's because a lot of people think, well, he's just in the shadow of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's rise was so fast and so monumental in about, I don't know, a 12-month period. He went from nowhere on any draft board to the number two overall pick. People are going to compare naturally Jaron Hall to the guy that he took over for in Zach Hall. So that's kind of why it feels like he's under the radar. But Cam Miller is another NFL draft analyst who says, look, I expect Jaron Hall to be a first-round quarterback talent, if at worst a day-two quarterback drafted next year. Let's take a look at the five games that uh, Zach did not have that Jaron Hall does have to make his case. Sure. Uh, sure. And and there are a lot of tough games on this schedule coming up. But here are the big five. Baylor, you get the Big 12 champs, Oregon Ducks, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Stanford, Stanford's yeah, that's Thanksgiving weekend. We threw them in because they're B five. Sure. But there's the five games that people will go, well, how do you do against them? And uh Blaine Fowler thinks that offensive line will be as deep as it has been in school history, maybe the best in school history. Might be the best offensive line in the country, we've heard from a lot of folks. So then you got five games to earn a job. And uh, you couldn't ask for a better. One, you got Notre Dame in Vegas, which is a neutral slash BYU home field. Sure. You got Baylor at home. You got Arkansas at home. You got Stanford at home in. <laughs> 
at Stanford. That'll be a home game for BYU, <laughs> let's be honest. And then you got Oregon, which is a great test on the road. You beat Oregon, no matter what, you don't even have to throw for 500 yards against Oregon. You beat Oregon, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, keep your eye on this guy. And it's early enough where then he can back it up against some of the defenses that won't be that aren't P5. Still good, but sure. they aren't P5. I like the five games that you pointed out, and you can add those to some already impressive Power 5 wins that Jerem has quarterback right. against from last season, right? Hey, USC on a bad foot, you know? Uh, Arizona State on Utah, a, with a rib. That's the Pac-12 championship. The Jared Hall beat Utah. He beat Arizona State, yeah. yeah. Virginia in a shootout where he showed that he could throw for sure. 10,000 yards in sure. one game. Yeah, he showed that he can win in a number yeah. of ways, right? You yeah. challenge him. You don't let him run. Okay, I'm just going to chuck it around for 500 yards. And then if you kind of press up on him like Utah and Arizona State did, well, he's just going to run around you because he's faster than you. So it's interesting. He's an interesting draft prospect. I like that you brought up the five games, but then let's tack those onto the already impressive Power 5 wins he has. He's yeah. going to have a lofty resume reel when he is done at BYU. And this is his season to go go for it all. He's, he's, he's a little older, a turn missionary. He's got a kid. A family, and if if he can have the kind of year that Aaron Roderick thinks he'll have, then uh, sure, then he'll be off to the off to the race. And he had a fantastic spring ball, which takes us into our next topic: the superlatives of spring ball. We've decided there have been so many side stories. Let's just pick a couple of things. And okay. Ed Lamb's going to join us a little bit, and he can call us crazy or he can call us geniuses. I'm not sure which way, depending on it's always what he geniuses, had for Dave. It's always geniuses, <laughs> depending on if he's had his ride today or not. But uh, the MVP from spring, what do you think? Clearly, it's Jaron Hall, and it should be. It should be your quarterback who is returning and has been dubbed the guy, and he delivered. But there are some interesting names outside of the quarterback position. But, I mean, I think you'll agree with me. It's Jared, it's Jared Hall. He was awesome. Everybody said, oh, he just looks super sharp. Every receiver we talked to uh, made mention of, hey, I look up and the ball's right there. Hall has been on target. And, uh, and that's not from his coordinator, who says plenty of that. And Jaron, of course, talks about how his guys have stepped up and sure. helped him look good. But, man, those are the guys catching the ball, and they're going, hey, he's – He's had a really good spring. He's next level. Yeah. He's just way more comfortable within the offense, understandably, because he's not a new guy anymore. Even though he's only a junior, hard to believe that if he decided to stay for the first year of the Big 12, he could be that guy. I don't think any BYU fan would complain about having Jaron Hall lead BYU into the no. Big 12, but a conversation for another day. And I think Puka, you throw Puka in there too. One, he'd never had a spring ball, so yes. this was big for him. Yes, Puka Nakua is my other guy. Not named Jaron Hall, not in the quarterback position. It's, it's Puka Nakua. And I thought that was such an interesting tidbit going back because he was so outstanding in high school at your alma mater. Orem High. Go Orem High Tigers. Golden Tigers. Okay. But he said just for a number of reasons, whether he was at Washington or even at BYU last year, he just was never healthy. This was his first full spring ball, and he took advantage of it. Yeah, and he was happy. We, we talked to him a million times, it felt like. And each time, a smile on his face. He's going, hey, the rhythm reps he missed last year with Jaron, he's gotten this year, which means big things for the deep ball. Sure. Coming in the fall. Our superlatives continue with the best newcomer, and we both zeroed in on this guy very quickly, Chris Brooks, yeah. the running back transfer from Cal. We talked to Roxy Bernstein of ESPN, who called a number of Pac-12 games. Not only that, he's a Cal grad, so he watched every Cal right. game very closely. So he's dialed because in. Because he roots for the Bears. Yeah. And he said, I don't think BYU fans understand just how solid of a player Chris Brooks is. He, he didn't have much to run behind when he was at Berkeley. 
and he was kind of banged up a little bit because he didn't have a great offensive line. He's a really good pass catcher as well, which is a big part of this offense. He's going to be a nice compliment to Jaron Hall at quarterback. I love he said he's embraced the culture. He loves it here. He was at the alumni game just soaking it all in. He talks smack with everybody like he's been there for four years at practice, which I like because of his confidence level. He's getting a grasp of the offense and got big shoes to fill, but Tyler Algier endorsed him during pro day. Yeah, going, hey, yeah. That guy's a baller. I think BYU's in great shape with Chris Brooks. Yeah, both he and Miles Davis said uh, during my interview, and I can't remember if it got caught on live television or not, but they alluded to, look, magical things are going to happen with the running backs run this year. (laughs) I know they both used the word greatness. Yes, greatness is going to (laughs) happen. I like that. How about the biggest surprise? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the quote from Kalani Satake, who pointed out the defensive line, because that was my biggest question mark is, okay, we feel good about BYU's defense in the linebacker category with the return of Wilgar and Keenan Peely and Ben Bywater, Max Tooley. Like, and the secondary is really experienced and good to love Malik Moore, and I love the, the additions and the movement that they're doing in the secondary. The defensive line is kind of like, okay, can we stay healthy? Can we get healthy? I like Tyler Batty. Uh, to lead that group, but Kalani said, look, I, I think they're the most underrated group on the team right now, so the biggest surprise for me was that quote from Kalani saying, the defensive line has been really good this spring. I like Ben Bywater, leading tackler from a year okay. ago as a walk-on freshman. He's huge. Two months? Yeah. He must have went to Steak Island or something. He's just <laughs> massive. Uh, him next to Wilgar, next to Pili. Pili, that's going to be a, a fantastic group of linebackers. I think uh, Bywater is uh, was really impressive. I was like, whoa, that guy's huge. I'd like to take a trip to Steak Island. Not so much for uh, lifting, but just for the good food, right? A1, rivers of A1. It's, it's flow, a different Steak Island for us than it is for Ben Bywater. <laughs> okay, and then under the radar player. And I'm going to this guy because I feel like he's just been lost a little bit. Right. Gunnar Romney. I don't yeah. think he should be under the radar, but I feel like because of Puka's you know, emerging status and Jaron Hall has been so good and then Christopher Brooks has gotten so much attention. Kingsley Suamataia coming over as the five-star from Oregon all the linebackers that are coming off injury. I feel like Gunner's kind of just a little bit of a side story, and he is an absolute star. He's a proven star, and I feel like he's a little off the radar. I've seen him make some great catches yes. in the spring. Yes, He's got some zip to his step. Love because it. Because of all those names you mentioned, I'm going to mention Chase Roberts. Another one. Yeah. Another one like Gunner. Uh-huh. 6'4", fast, uh, went on his mission, came back, at surgery before last season, so we didn't see much of him at all. But uh, running full speed, and you ask him about the season, big smile on his face, Chase Roberts is going to be a big contributor. Love that. Love the wide receiver core that BYU brings back. Keanu Hill is another guy that could qualify as an under-the-radar man. It's the wide receiver room other than Puka Dakua. It's going to be good. Our question of the day, and we are paying homage to the Masters at Augusta. We're just talking traditions because it is a tradition whether you love golf or not. It feels it's like everybody, a tradition unlike any other. Yeah, it's a tradition unlike any, any other. Everybody knows the Masters. Everybody knows Magnolia Lane, those beautiful pictures. And the music. What's the greatest tradition within BYU sports? Let's hear from you, BYUS, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Tyson Peterson answers on Twitter, says it's got to be Cosmo. He's the best mascot in the entire NCAA. More people were crowding for his autograph at the alumni game than the actual players. Yeah, it could be Cosmo. Cosmo is a tradition in and of himself and everything that he does. And he is unlike any other. It's so true. No matter who's in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. He can dance. Can can a person qualify as a tradition or a mascot, rather? 
Okay, I'm okay with that. I think it can on this show. Sure. He's gotten viral enough with his moments, yeah. right? Yes, he has. Okay. Uh, we're going to delve into that more later in the sure. show. So be sure. thinking about that. What are the great traditions? Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, why this weekend might be the biggest of the season for BYU softball. And as promised, we're discussing football because football. It's awesome. Assistant head football coach and safeties coach Ed Lamb joins us in studio. He's I still think got he was that the best, uh, best coach of the spring Ed Lamb, should we give that award? Absolutely. Or should we wait to see how this interview goes? Oh, man. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, BYU look at Sports him. Ready to the go. swagger. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball returns home to begin a big three-game weekend series against Santa Clara. Thursday night, it starts at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. After a 3-6 and six start, every series is big from here on out for baseball. Listen, Dave, a, a series sweep would be timely and fantastic. And yeah. This it's is a, a team that could do it against Santa Clara. Yeah. This would be the perfect week for that. Get Clean right up the airs. Clean up the airs, and yep. you're in first place. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann. It is our pleasure now to welcome in the man with swagger, and he should have swagger after what he did in the alumni game. He is assistant head football coach Ed Lamb. Ed, welcome back. Congratulations on a fantastic event and an incredible individual performance. Everything you've taught your players is validated once again. (laughs) How do you feel? Well, I'm I'm really ho- I appreciate the compliments, but I'm holding out. The safeties um, encouraged me to play. I wasn't planning on playing, and they're going to grade the video. So I don't oh, know. Oh. I don't actually know how I graded out. I appreciate. I think the you're going to do okay. But, you know what you've yeah. done. You know what you did out there. Well, there uh, were plays made, but it, you know, in, in our grading system, it's about the plays that aren't made, the okay. plays that should be made. <laughs> okay. Did you feel for a moment like you were a kid again? Because it seemed like everyone kind of played that way. Yeah, I, I really feel like that, um, you know, probably a lot of guys went into it with the same idea, which is, okay, how, how much are we going to put into this? Let's let's just stay healthy, have a good time. But it's competitive. It doesn't matter if it's a cornhole game at a barbecue. You, know, you, see, you get a bunch of ex-athletes together, then it's, uh, Look at you know, this. it's time Look to compete. Look at this teenager running around here. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. I haven't seen you run that fast in a while, Ed. And, and uh, you, you should have after that play. That was fantastic. And how about this here? And then you get it on offense doing your thing. Yep, that's right. In, in my mind, it looked a lot more athletic than uh, than it is. Now I'm watching it on a film. Well, T.O. came right and put a cleat right in me oh, right there. Yeah, that that hurt, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was a good time. You know, that touchdown you had, it was thrown behind you a little bit. So you had to adjust mid-flight, we'll call it, to pull that one in. And, uh, and Team Royal made a charge there at the end. Uh, we did, yeah, yeah. The game, I think, was starting to get out of hand. I thought, the, from a roster standpoint, it looked like um, those the Navy had uh, first pick and maybe the first several picks. <laughs> okay. But uh, Royal hung in there. We didn't have very many young players, but we had guys with a lot. Look, of you had to leave a hefo. You were, you were eight seconds away from winning the game. In fact, everybody had yeah. been like, "Oh, Royal's going to win the game," and then Max Hall crossed the line of scrimmage by five yards, and there was no flag, and then they throw a hail yeah. mary. Yeah, I think there were a few no calls on that on that <laughs> play, but I got to give uh, Max and and Keel. A lot of credit, and uh, Hoffman came in there and threw his body around right before the ball came down. It was, it was in the end, it was just an awesome way to end the game. Now, Kalani has said that he wants to continue to do this annually and make it bigger and better. Where do you stand in that conversation of bringing this back every year? 
Um, it probably doesn't matter where I stand. Nobody consulted me in the first place about having it. Had they, I, I, there's no way I would have predicted that it would have been, you know, what it turned out to be. What a great night um, for all of us and for to have fans show up. 7,500. Yeah. And the way you guys, you know, you put it on and... I wasn't aware, really, the social media um, part, but uh, you know, I guess a lot of the uh, the guys knew about this. I was getting text messages from former players and things oh, yeah. like that. So it was it was it was just an awesome event. I, I think, think it's a great idea to keep it keep it going next year and as it moves on. Uh, there will be players that are saying, "I want in," as opposed to phone calls saying, "Will you play?" Uh, because one, we got thousands of alumni, and uh, and you only need you know, what 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 do we have like forty. What do we have, a roster of about 40? Sounds right. So you only in this small group. The big reveals can be who's going to be the quarterback in February. Sure. You double the crowd from this year to last year just based on momentum. And some of the best things in sports are just little ideas that aren't completely necessary that turn into spectacular events that don't go away. And this, this may be one of them. Do you think this is one of them? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's great to keep it going. It was uh, everything that uh, we could have hoped for from a program standpoint. A lot of smiles out there. Definitely. Ed Lamb is with us on BYU Sports Nation. It was the perfect way to wrap up spring football. At least it felt that way to us. And spring ball was a successful venture in talking with you after days of practice and with Kalani and all of the coaching staff. How would you sum up spring ball overall? More importantly, where did BYU football get better over the course of that essentially three weeks of practice? I feel like that um, we got better in terms of learning to practice together. Um, you know, the head coach always has to set the tempo or the contact level of spring practice. And really, it's based on the veteranship of the team. And um, in other words, do we have a young team that needs to work on uh, live full speed tackling to the ground? Or do we have a veteran team where we need to work on the fundamentals of, of staying on our feet with block shed and blocking and tackling um, up high, so to speak? And I, and I really thought Kalani set that tone from day one. And the team has learned to practice well together. I feel like we, we came out learning how to practice fast but safely together. And that's the, that's the mark of a veteran team. If you watch an NFL practice, you're going to see a lot of guys going really fast but staying off the ground. And I know that's not an exciting uh, you know, answer to the, to the question, but, but if you want to be a really good football team, you have to learn how to practice fast and safe. That's the exciting part yes. is that you want to be a really good football team that's and right. you're seeing things that would signify you're a really good football team. I think so. We have, we have veteran guys that expect to win. They know how to work to win, and we have to pull the reins back. Is there a Big 12 aura about around this program now? I mean, July 1, 2023, the school is a Big 12 member. You're going to get your football schedule in October for your first Big 12 season. But we got the sense that there was. What, what about from your position as a coach as you look around at the, the guys you've got and what you're building? Does it feel like a Big 12 member moving forward? Well, you just said it. It's the guys, right? And so, it's de- it depends which guys I'm talking to, and and if I'm talking to the whole team, if I'm a, if I'm thinking about the whole team, we've got a group of guys who will never play in a Big Twelve game, and it's important that those guys finish off this season in their career right. in the right way. And yet, when we're out on the road or recruiting right now, when we're having phone conversations, we're recruiting guys that will only play in the Big 12. And so we really, I think, are wearing different hats right now, and it's important that we look out for the guys and who the guys are and who we're talking to. You probably just answered my question in terms of what has changed the most, recruiting and who you recruit, but how quickly did that transition take place when you were essentially getting into doors that otherwise you would not get into because of the Power Five now implementation in 2023? 
I think we saw it right away with uh, with the transfer portal and guys that uh, were, were reaching out to us that maybe otherwise wouldn't have. I think we're seeing it mostly with local guys that uh, maybe have grown up BYU fans or grown up would considering BYU as one of their top choices. But in the end, they were convinced that they needed a Power 5 experience for, for whatever that was worth, right? There's a label on it. It is reality. There's public perception is reality, and that public perception that you know the moment it changed, we started to see signs that it was going to change for us. Such a big deal for BYU to get through spring healthy. There were a lot of guys that were down after last spring that uh, you weren't able to use during the fall. Uh, Harper, I think, is one, and and Batty took a while to get back, uh, um, and and there were a handful of others. And there's a couple of guys that got hurt this spring, but by and large, you come out healthy. And if the goal is to be healthy in November, you got to be healthy in March. That's right. And and uh, and that's kind of been the area where BYU hasn't been healthy. This last November, perfect example, heading into that bowl game. Is this the kind of thing you're looking for as depth and health going, how are we going to – our biggest bowl game is going to be at the end of the season moving forward. How do we be healthy for that? That's right. Yeah, it's a constant uh, – it's a constant – tug of war it's a constant battle it's a, it's a constant decision how much do we press there's a risk reward to how hard we practice and how physical we practice and and obviously we you know we can't go out there in in uh, no pads every day and just and do walkthroughs but uh, you know there there's a decision to meet it made every day I think Kalani's established credibility he knows what he's doing and um, and so we're all happy to follow his lead all right you coach the safety specifically and I absolutely love Malik Moore and I love the way he handles social media and the way he handles himself around fans. He's a good student. He's a good player. Uh, but it's bigger than him, that whole safety group. So other than Malik, what are you most excited about from the group of safeties that you're going to be coaching? Um, you know, Hayden Livingston's played a lot of snaps as well. and love what, what Malik does and, and who he is. Uh, being being a part of the recruitment of him and seeing him grow over the years, that's, that's always a real uh, pleasure for coaches to see that over a period of a number of years, the way a guy matures and develops into a man. Um, but, yeah, Hayden, Hayden Livingston's played a lot of quality snaps for us. Micah Harper didn't play last year with his injuries, but he's, uh, he's in the group now. Uh, JaVel Brown has been um, stepping up in spring ball significantly. Really like uh, the, the way that um, um, – at the strong safety position, Talon Alfrey is back from injury, and, and we expect some nice things out of him. It's a it's a solid, deep group. I was just talking to the group um, the other day. I mean, we, we, Matt Criddle is moving back from linebacker to safety, and so he'll he'll offer us a lot of veteranship. He's made plays. He's made interceptions, PBUs, yeah, tackles yes. in games. He expects to make them again. It's a really solid group, top to bottom. I noticed you didn't appreciate the feedback you were getting from the sideline from uh, – Caleb Hayes and uh, D'Angelo Mandel yeah. trying to substitute you out of a goal line stand, which uh, preceded your play of the game defensively yeah. in the corner. Yeah, yeah, that was so. That was planned, uh, you know, from the start. I told them watch this. I told them how to take an opposite leverage, stem from inside to outside. Add some confusion to the offense. Uh -huh. Give yourself a uh -huh. chance. They saw me lined up inside, and they were they were they were all. You know, flustered about about my strategy. They ought to have known better, and they will know better going forward. I think you know, in terms of, of establishing credibility. Yeah, I did. Fantastic. That's on Devon Blackman too. Yeah, I and mean, that's not just any guy. That's, yeah. that's the super athlete. This I is mean, why. This yes. is why when Kalani took the job, the first person he called to join his staff was Ed Lamb. 
because I could break up a pass in the alumni game. Exactly. Year years six later. of our yeah. tenure. Years later. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. It's a long journey. That is the highest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long journey, but here we are. Ed Lamb is with us on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. As a defensive group whole, uh, I was mentioning earlier, like my biggest surprise was his defensive line and how complimentary Kalani was of the defensive line. What can you add to that conversation? What did you see from the defensive line that makes you feel like, yeah, I see why Kalani said they are under the radar and they've been really good this spring? Uh, well, first, they're, they're young players. I mean, we, we believed in them when we recruited them. You know, we're, um, it, it's not our role to pundit whether they uh, were, were, were good takes or not in recruiting. Our role is to recruit the guys, believe in them, and develop them. And I think that Alexa Tuiaki and Preston Hadley have done a great job of telling these guys where they need to be. And so we've seen a lot of guys go from the 260 range, Hunter and Nelson, to, to now in the 300-pound range. We've seen Tyler Batty go from 250-ish to 275-ish. Okay. And these are these are big, strong boys. Uh, Caden Hawes was always there, but now he's got help. You know, And, and this is a big, strong group that's very motivated, and they're, they're just older. They're more veteran. Well, eight or nine guys have starts. Yes. You know, so when they take the field, they, they've been out there. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Blake Blake Mangelson's another one. Yeah. He, he looked very impressive. He's up to 270 pounds. Good grief. That's a lot of Steak Island. They've been to Steak right, Island. Right, Dave? Yeah. We're thinking of a new TV series called Steak Island. Uh, yeah, I don't know Steak Island. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a nice place. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you coming in on uh, essentially what was going to be one of your days off, and we hope you get some some breaks. You know, I know golf is always in your summer, and so, Dave. It's going to be in our summer. Yeah, that's yes. what I was going to say. Yeah, looking can, forward can to that. Can we commit you, yeah. speaking of commitments, commit you to play golf with uh, Dave and myself at some point? You got it. Let's do it. Okay, yeah. let's go, Ed. Yeah. Love that, man. Uh, enjoy the summer. Send love to your family. And always, as always, take some BYU Sports Nation karma for whatever you need it for. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> you got it. He had a lot of it in the alumni game. It's like carried. I don't know that he needed karma. it. Fantastic. Coming up, the basketball reference heard around the world during General Conference. Ah, yes. And are we pulling out the Big 12 pom-poms for tonight's men's national championship basketball game? Kalani is. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. He is Dave, I am Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show, get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and my favorite account right now within the BYU Sports Nation realm is TikTok, putting out some really fun stuff nice. on TikTok. We're everywhere. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Dave, start us off. President Nelson gave a reference during his Sunday general conference talk to a basketball game yep. where the half ended something like this. Goes to work. Up for a three. Got it! He only needed five seconds to make his move. Johnson on the steal. Up and in! We do love that there are BYU TV fans everywhere. So what's your favorite momentum play of the season? And it could be any sport. Dave, I'm going to rewind to the most memorable day in 2021 that I can recall. On the heels of being invited to the Big 12 on the Friday before the game against Utah, BYU football's defense held Utah on a very risky fourth and one call, and it seemed to shift the game back yeah. in favor of BYU. So I'm going with... BYU football's defense against Utah in the first half, a critical fourth and one stop that to me shifted 
the entire momentum of the game. And I know there are naysayers out there that say momentum's not a thing. And oh, it's a you thing. Can't go. In the realm of sports, yeah. you, it's hard to like define it, but you can feel it. How about Paisley Harding up at Gonzaga? They're down by 15 at halftime. She gets a shot to the face, yep. gets some stitches, comes back in, triggers an amazing run, and they beat the Zags on their home floor on their way to claiming the conference championship. Talk about momentum. When she comes back with stitches, there's no way her teammates were going to let her oh, lose. Love that. Momentum's everything. Absolutely. Kansas, North Carolina tonight for the national championship. Are you like Kalani Satake and by default because of your Big 12 camaraderie now with all those schools? Rooting for Kansas by default as a future member of the Big 12? Honestly, I still haven't recovered from Arizona taking a dive, Ooh. which took me out of the family uh, competition. But uh, yeah, I'll pull for Kansas. And if any kickback dollars come down the road because they won the national championship this year and it goes to all members of the Big 12? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Yes. More the merrier, especially in the financial category. That is absolutely. I wouldn't a good have a reason. problem with Duke winning and then winning no, tonight that was, under the all that stuff. Storybook ending and all that stuff. Now I will say this: the one intriguing part about North Carolina and rooting for the Tar Heels is, if the Heels win, that would tie the lowest seed ever to win the national championship, joining Raleigh Massimino's Villanova Wildcats in 1985 when Villanova was an eight seed and won the yeah. national championship. And they shot like 80%. Yes, that was wild, and they did it against Georgetown. You know, I'm just that was an unbeatable Georgetown team, or so we thought. Coach okay. K and Duke losing to North Carolina in the last home game, and then in the Final Four over the weekend. Is that the greatest troll in rivalry history? In that rivalry, it, it has to be. In terms of like sending off a legendary coach, you spoil his last home game at Cameron Indoor. Yeah. People were paying upwards of ten thousand dollars a ticket to get into that game to support Coach K, only to watch him lose to North Carolina. And they're like, ah, redemption's gonna happen in the Final Four. They finally meet in the Final Four for the first time ever, and North Carolina does it again. Yes, it's gonna be hard to beat that. There's one play that came to mind, and that was the kick six Auburn against Alabama. That play in and of itself was an unbelievable troll by Auburn on Alabama. Of course, the Utes couldn't do it. Chance to beat Lavelle in his final game on their own no. field no. didn't happen. All right. BYU baseball losing two out of three at St. Mary's this weekend. What do they need to, need to do, and you mentioned it earlier, to get back on track and sweep Santa Clara? Ayers have kept them out of first place. They're three and six. They would be in first place if they just do those things. Do those things moving forward, you get back in the mix. This is a good team. They got a, Their star players are out in Pintar and Gamble. They're going to get Gamble back in a month. Pintar's out for the season. All right, that's the reality they're in, but their pitching staff is good. It is deep. Again, clean up, take care of the errors, and uh, the top six teams go to the tournament. Winner of the tournament goes to the NCAA tournament. So it's all still out there. This is a pretty good baseball team. We're just talking about momentum. BYU needs to build some momentum, not just by winning a series, but a sweep. A series yeah. sweep would give them a huge momentum pushing forward in conference. They need the brooms this weekend. Yes. BYU softball hosts LMU this weekend after outscoring New Mexico 29-2 over two okay. games this past weekend. Uh, will whoever wins this series this weekend, BYU-LMU, end up being the WCC champs? It kind of feels that way because yeah. BYU and LMU are clearly the best teams in the West Coast Conference. And so I don't see BYU dropping more than two, maybe three games overall in WCC play, I, I don't think they're going to lose more than two, honestly. If they 
beat LMU, even if they give up one, but they win two of three against LMU, BYU, I feel like, is going to run roughshod through the rest of the WCC. Whoever wins this series, mark it down, will win the West Coast. All these Cougars do is win conference championships. Yes, 12 in a row. 12 in a row. What they need to do is beat the Utes tomorrow, and then they'll focus on yeah. LMU yep. uh, this coming weekend. Build that resume, beat a pretty good Utah team, and doing so on the road would be super nice. Yeah. Coming up, who we think will be the comeback player of the year for BYU football. Oh. Have you noticed a year-round theme to this show? Football. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's how, where we are. That's how we do it. And in honor of the Masters, what's the greatest tradition in BYU sports right now? We'll discuss this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Softball begins a conference play with the big series we mentioned a moment ago, LMU. Doubleheader starts Friday, BYU TV coverage, 7 Eastern time. That's some good stuff. Violet Zavodnik, she's worth watching. All by herself, Seriously. she's that good. Seriously. She's batting over 400, she's hit 10 home runs, and she's an incredible defender in center field. Yeah. She's a supreme athlete, and I love it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B and discussing some further football topics. Why? Because football. And we just wrapped up BYU Spring Football, so we've got the beginnings of a long offseason and plenty to talk about during that offseason, Dave. Right. Beginning with this, we talked, I mean, ad nauseum in the fall about the injuries late in the season. And there were a handful of just oh, gut punches. I mean, Isaac Rex going down at USC. Mm-hmm. Jaron Hall couldn't play in the bowl game. Uh, Keenan Peely got hurt very early we in the season. We lost Peyton Wilgar after yes. a shoulder yes. from the Idaho State game. So many. Yeah. So who do we expect to be, of all of those injuries, the comeback player of the year for BYU football? I'm going with Peely. Uh, and I think all three are going to factor in big. But when you look at Peely before he got hurt against Arizona, he had 17 tackles he was incredible. down in Vegas. Then he came back solid against Utah. Here it comes. He's number 41. He's awesome. And then and then Arizona State, he was solid right up until a knee injury took him out for the rest of the year. And uh, I saw him at Pro Day talking with Peyton Wilgar, and I asked Peyton about Keenan. He goes, we're all ahead of schedule. We're all going to be on the ground running when fall camp opens. Love that. We'll all be on the field in the starting lineup against South Florida on September 3rd. I think I think Peely uh, is the heart and soul of that defense. Yep. And and uh, they missed him last year. Bywater, we didn't even hear Ben Bywater until he went out. And all of a sudden he's in, leads the team in tackles. Wilgar saw it. He had to move positions. But they'll all be where they need to be and where they belong. And I think Peely is going to be the comeback guy. What do you think? Yeah, and I think Keenan Peely wants to build his NFL resume this right. year because he does have two years available mm-hmm. with the COVID exception and his red shirt if he still wants to play. But he told us in Studio B about a month ago, yeah, no, it's it's this is this is the season for me to make my push. I'm not getting any younger. So right. he, he doesn't want to be 26-year-old Taysom Hill and have to deal with that scenario of like, oh, he's too old to play. And clearly Taysom was not too old to play. And he's got like a $90 million contract. Right, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so there's, there's some upsides, but yes. I, I love the Keenan Peely pick. I, I think Peyton Wilgar, uh, his role shifted. People are like, why why the dip in his numbers? Like, he, he wasn't as explosive. His production wasn't It's because Keenan Peely got hurt. And then Max Tooley was in and out of games. And BYU lost a bunch of guys on the defensive line. And so Peyton was being asked to do a bunch of things and fill in the gaps for a bunch of injured players. And it's, it was a lot. And so with Keenan back and the defense healthy and staying healthy, fingers crossed, I feel like Peyton Wilgar is going to be right there with him in terms of like being a comeback player of the year. Peyton Wilgar, a year and a half ago, according to Cam Meller, 
was BYU's best draft prospect. Yeah. And then he got banged up. And they're having their first kid, he and Christine, in July. And now there's now there's more motivation to play, play hard, get a job, and and provide. So I think I think you're right. Wilgar is going to be big. And Isaac Rex, I think he and, and Dallin Holker are going to have better seasons because I think Jaron's going to throw over the middle more often. I think he'll be more comfortable going over the middle. Sure. Zach loved going over the middle to his tight ends. You look at the numbers from one year to the next. Last year, it wasn't a giant priority to the tight ends over the middle for Hall. Um, I think, and watching practice in the spring, they're running a lot of that. I think those big bodies will, um, you know, get them on a linebacker, send them across the middle, forget it. Uh, and I think if Rex, and he's told us he's going to be back, he told us he's going to be back in camp. Which is amazing. And uh, uh, we've seen the Frankenstein stitches down down his leg, Wild. his ankle. But uh, I'll tell you, he and Holker side by side gives you shades of Lewis and Mealy and some yep. of the greats that BYU's had. Pitta and, and, and Harleen. Pitta and Harleen. It gives, it gives Jaron Hall so many more options uh, that Rex could come in big. He was huge with Zach. I think he was Zach's favorite target. 12 touchdown up. catches for yeah. Isaac Rex from Zach Wilson. And we've learned specifically that Jaron is starting to see the middle of the field better. Like you asked Jaron, right. he said, yeah, I'm, I'm just starting to feel more comfortable seeing the whole field, and that includes like those reads, those later reads down the middle of With the, the field. With the big tight ends just roaming, roaming free. Those are a little bit late because often they block, then the re- they release into receiving uh, areas. So it just takes a while for some of those plays to develop, and and Jaron has matured. It's going to be nice. One of the great traditions of all of sports is the Masters Golf Tournament, and it starts this week in Augusta, Georgia. And that got us thinking about traditions here in Provo and on campus. Yeah, what is the greatest tradition within BYU sports? We've been asking you to send in yours with the hashtag BYUSN. And, you know, we sat there on the phone call this morning thinking for a moment, like, yeah, what what is the greatest tradition? And as you pointed out earlier on the show, then the ideas and the things that fans do, traditionally speaking, just started to flow. And we have a nice list, starting with the one that you brought up, which is a fantastic tradition for BYU basketball fans. And that's the curtain drop in the Marriott Center. I love it. When we're broadcasting games, I'll take my headset off just to listen to the the uh, lights and the crowd, and down comes the big screens, and they started doing it for the women this year, too, which Got was fantastic. Got the sticks going. And it just sets an atmosphere for uh, a big night worth driving, fighting through traffic, getting a parking spot, coming in, getting yes. a cougar tail and a drink and a hot dog and sitting down. And then this happens, and suddenly it's like, Oh, this is cool. I'm glad I'm here. Yes. It's, it's, until you have experienced, it's hard to explain what that is like. So no. seeing the curtain drop is a really fun tradition. And, and you talked to Gloria Navarez and all the West Coast Conference officials. When they first saw that, they were like, whoa, this is yeah. big time. All this those Big 12 level. schools, They're they might come it. in with, you know, nine All-Americans on their roster. But for a few minutes, they're going to go, whoa. This is sweet. We're in the big time. This is pretty sweet. This is cool. I like uh, at the football stadium when the team comes out, the band splits, the fireworks go off, and the, the alumni flags come out. I think that's a great tradition because uh, it, it, it creates energy. Yes. Traditions that create energy are awesome, and this is one of them. Yeah, and let's stay with the football theme. And this is one of the earliest traditions that I can remember as a child. And I heard it through the TV. Uh, I didn't go to my first BYU football game in person until I was 11 years old. Um, But I watched BYU football. I have vivid memories of watching BYU football from the time that I was about five years old with my family. And one of the first things I remember is the BYU Cougars chant, where each section of the stands takes a letter, and then the remaining stand or bleacher says Cougars. There are four separated 
bleachers, if you will, within Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and they all separate that. And that was one of the first traditions I was like, that's pretty awesome. And the first time I heard it, it was magical. Yeah, that's cool. That reminds me of when I was a kid. We'd come to the games and we'd get Red Vines because they're so much better than Twizzlers, BYU. Um, but anyway, it'd be so cold <laughs> that the Red Vine would freeze and would use it as a straw. It was like a win-win. Fantastic. Our straws are red vine. Drinking your BYU creamer chocolate milk through your red vine straw. We're doing the cheer and all that stuff, and we're going, wow, this is cool. Love the turbulence call back to basketball or the turbulence uh, music playing with the Mm -hmm. the Sailor Kook flag getting raised. It was unbelievable in that Gonzaga game uh, back in February of 2021 before the COVID shutdown. I mean, that was – sorry, it was February of 2020. I lose track of time within the COVID parameters. It's a, it's a, it's yeah, an it's one, it's, yeah, it's one, one thing. entity. But like when, when they beat number two Gonzaga, and the turbulence uh, music started playing, and that I mean I've never seen the Marriott Center like that. That was wild. Also a great tradition. And then uh, Dave, I think there's one obvious one that we're missing out on. Well, you know, every every uh, event starts with a prayer. It's a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> and that is it. Uh, from any other school <laughs> on campus. And uh, so, yeah, there's that. And uh, it is what it is. It is who we are and, and love it. Yeah. Prayers don't happen anywhere before every event like they do at BYU. You know, and none of those prayers, I don't think I've ever heard, maybe one or two have come close. They, I've never heard anyone asking for a win. <laughs> or more points than the other team. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that. I'm sure somebody's asked for that. I'm, I'm sure. Please help BYU to crush the competition. <laughs> to beat the Utes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's what, awesome. What is worthy of a supplication for BYU to win? Masters Week. The great traditions here on campus. Coming up, we're going to hit some of our responses to the question of the day. And a rising shout out to gaining some momentum. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, honoring the masters and the traditions at Augusta National and Magnolia Lane and all of the beautiful flowers and perfectly manicured greens and the grounds. Promise me you're not going to shout during Tiger's backswing. I will not do that. Okay. I will not do that. I won't even shout after he hits a shot. I won't be the guy going, Tiger Woods! <laughs> in the hole. No, don't, no. Say, don't be that guy. Get in the hole! <laughs> no, I will not be that guy. Just, just watch. It's take, not my style. Yeah. All right, good. All right, a question of the day. What's the greatest tradition in BYU sports? At Amy Jones, at Ames Flames, our good friend on Twitter says... Everyone knows the environment is going to be electric at a game in Provo. Basketball and football both. The crowd brings it home field court advantage. Okay, so the BYU rock, she says. Just the okay, warp the rock. student section is, a, is creating a tradition in and of itself. That's legit. Okay. Sam Emery on Twitter. The combo of doing the Y-clap, turbulence, and power can turn a boring game into a high-energy yes. environment. Sure. Yeah. Another shout-out to the rock. Yeah. The, and They're all about that. And I was talking about the BYU Cougars chant yeah. at – Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that now makes a random appearance or two within the basketball game as well. Yes. But sometimes yes, I think people does. in the corners are like, wait, which which one am I supposed to say? Like, am I closer <laughs> to this side or the, closer to this side? And I don't want to be the only one shouting why when everyone's right. yeah. moved why? on. It's like, no, 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 you idiot. It's, it's, it's like singing in church and you thought everyone was going to the next verse right. and they didn't and you did. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that, Dave, and had the awkward <laughs> stare down from several members around like, me. You're not even paying attention. 
All right. Uh, Ames Flames also added the honor code. It's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great tradition. Just live it. Love it. Cougar A70 on Twitter. The fight song. It's sung at all sporting events. Involves fans and participants. Even my son, the Boise State fanatic, knows the words of it. Hashtag rise and shout. That's sweet. That's good parenting right there. It is. That's you start them young, right? <laughs> Train them up. I got a pen, I think, when I was like six that had the Cougar fight song playing in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still have one of those Rob Morris train <laughs> whistles. We have one on set. Oh, yeah. Where is it? Where is it? There's it's somewhere. somewhere. It's somewhere. If, <laughs> if I could find it. Yeah. Oh, there it is right there. Nice. I see it. All right. Uh, Sean Nielsen on Twitter gives us our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resorts. The chant of BYU Cougars rotating around the sections of Lavelle Edwards Stadium and sometimes the Marriott. I loved it as a kid. I still love it now. The only thing that trumps that is when that cheer takes place in an opposing stadium. And we've heard that many times. Yes. Especially down at UNLV, and the Rebel fans hate it when the BYU cheer marches around all of Sam Boyd Stadium. And you just watch it, and you're going, I don't know where all they came from, but this is glorious. Yeah, yes, Sam Boyd Stadium rests in peace. It's no longer. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas uh, Legion Stadium had it with Arizona. You, you just yes. you throw them in there, and you, you take over the place. And, and there's going to be a lot of those kind of chants in these Big 12 venues when – when BYU gets rolling. Oh, BYU's fans made their presence felt at Baylor for sure. Yeah. That that was big time as well. Uh, Baylor fans, including like people that have been coming to games for 30 years saying, where did they all come from? Yeah. Like we've never, not Oklahoma, not Texas. We've never seen an opposing crowd. And the announcers that like don't know, this. they just go, well, they travel well. They travel well. What Kansas and Iowa State and all those teams are going to learn is, where'd you guys come from? And they're going to look at each other and go, from your neighborhood. Yes. We live here. It's a pushpin. You put a pushpin into Waco, Texas, and if you're within like an eight-hour radius, you'll be there. Yeah. You'll be there. That's what I think is going to surprise the Big 12 the most is the fans and where they came from, and then they realize they came from Big 12 towns. Yes. No, no question. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about to Alex Barcelo and Spencer Johnson for giving President Russell M. Nelson – some momentum for his general conference talk on Sunday, and to President Nelson for watching the game on BYU TV. We know he loves BYU TV. We see him down at the games every so often with his grandkids sitting behind us on, on Media Row. Love it. And uh, that was a cool reference. As he was speaking, I was sitting there going, Oh, yeah. Feels, that's familiar. I think we had yeah. that. I remember doing an interview us. with Mark Pope right after that happened and thinking, Mark's going to be in a bad mood. Then Alex hit the three, then Spencer did that. I'm like, Mark's going to be in a good mood. And he was in a good mood. Yes. Our thanks to today's guest, Ed Lamb. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Garrett 2J. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!